0: Love, talk
1: Radio. Hey there! You're listening to Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley, where you will hear 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. Today we are waiting on our guest Eddie Mann. He will be calling in from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hopefully, if he hasn't gotten uh, delayed for some reason and This is a live show. I'm a percussionist and I know how to improvise. So, if Eddie can't make it for some reason, that's okay. I will flip it on the fly. So, let me tell you a little bit about me. I own Rock the Next Stage, Next Stage Entertainment, and Next Stage Drumming. Yes, I'm a drum chick. I'm also a music mentor for serious musicians and singers. I've been in the music business for the past 16 years here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and I have worked with hundreds of local young bands and solo artists and Christian artists as well. And now I have some older artists on my roster, so that's cool too. Today, we're going to be talking about musical intersections where faith and music connect. And Eddie Mann is a singer-songwriter who has won many awards, and he made the decision to offer his gifts to God. He has since released seven CDs and written countless songs for the church and world at large, and he plays at many different venues. Eddie Mann made it also his mission to become a worship leader, a teacher, and a speaker His new album, The Consequence, touches on the theme of a peaceful and loving existence while delving into the consequences of our actions. Musically, it stays close to the Americana, roots rock, and singer-songwriter traditions. In the past two years, Eddie has won the Academia Award for Christian Gospel Song, the IMEA Award for Adult Contemporary Artist of the Year, the Kindred Award for Christmas Album of the Year, and the Kindred Award for Worship Leader of the Year. He's got many cool tunes out there, and he and I spoke earlier this week about his music career and the fact that he not only plays in churches, but he also plays in other venues as well. And this has been the case with many Christian artists that I have worked with. A lot of people assume that, you know, they play in church and they play hymns or something like that, but nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, I play percussion with my church band at New Horizons Fellowship in Apex. If anybody's in that area, you need to stop by on Sundays, 9:30 30, and 11, are the services. And mainly because we are... The flock that rocks is what our pastor calls us. We have many professional musicians in the band. In fact, many play in cover bands, including a very popular cover band in Raleigh called Night Shift. So on any given day, (laughs) you never know what we might be playing. We also do special events and other shows as well. And so does Eddie. He has made it his mission to get out there and reach out to people in many different ways. His music isn't uh, what you might consider you know, traditional Christian music. It's more like crossover Christian, and it has elements in it that can be applied to just about anyone. He has a song out now called All I Need Is You, which is very cool. I hope he jumps on soon so we can play that and talk about that later. I know that Eddie and I both have similar backgrounds in that our dads both played jazz. My dad was a jazz musician who played with a lot of the jazz greats in New York City. And he had a lot of his instruments hanging around, including uh, Latin percussion instruments, bongos, congas, maracas, shakers, all kinds of different things. And that's how I started because, hey, the stuff was lying around anywhere. And anyway, so while he was at his day job, I taught myself how to play. And Eddie also uh, extended his reach beyond jazz played guitar when he was a teen, so did I. <laughs> um, my dad thought it would be quieter to, to be playing the guitar since we lived in a two-family house and we didn't, he didn't want to disturb the neighbors if I played a set of drums. So he said, here you are. Here you go, kid. Here's a guitar. It'll help you with your songwriting because I was singing and writing tunes at the time. Unlike Eddie, I did not have a family that went to church. So I wasn't tapped into that whole scene at all, but he did. He came from a Christian home. They went to church together, and he got recruited many, many years later to be a worship leader at his church. If you're not familiar with that term, that's the guy who leads the band, (laughs) Or, or gal. There are many worship leaders who are female. Uh, our worship leader, Tim Curran, has been on the podcast. His episode was called Church Band vs. Rock Band. So you might want to look that up. He talks about the difference between playing in church and that whole vibe and that whole mission and playing in bars <laughs> because, you know, some of us do both. Because when you're trying to reach people and you have a mission and you have songs in your heart, you can do that in many different ways. In fact, today is the anniversary of uh, a very, very dear friend of mine's passing. His name was Rainey Busher, and he was a, a local singer-songwriter with a whole lot of personality and stage presence. So I'd like to honor him. Today with this episode, since I'm still waiting on Eddie and I'm totally winging it here. So if you're listening in, the show is usually a little bit different. But um, yeah, I just want to tell you a little bit about Rainey and what he taught me and other musicians as well. First of all, he used to call me Booking Chick <laughs> because I did a lot of shows. I booked a lot of shows both in local venues in the downtown Raleigh area and also in Chapel Hill. And uh, surrounding areas. And I also booked some church shows. And he was one of the first Christian artists that I booked, and he just lit up the stage. So that's always good to see. So that's tip number one for you. Regardless of whether you're playing Christian music or secular music or metal, it doesn't matter. When you take the stage, you need to know that it's not all about you, it's about your audience. So make sure that you. Not only connect with the song so you have some emotion and you're not just, you know, going, blowing through the thing very quickly or without any any um, personality at all, but also make sure you make eye contact. I'm also a performance coach, so you're getting some performance tips here. Make eye contact with the audience to make sure that they're getting it. you're watching for head nods, you're, you know, making sure they're not, checking their phone every two seconds. Hey, you're, you are on the mic, so you control it, and you can tell them and make jokes uh, to get them back on track. Tell them a little something about what the song's about. You don't have to do that with every single song, certainly, because that gets a little old. But every once in a while, especially if it's a song that has special meaning for you or you wrote it about someone who's you know near and dear to your heart or if it's just about a situation because you want to make sure that it's resonating with them. You could even ask them things like, has this ever happened to you? This song is about blah, 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 and, and go from there. So Rainey was a really great influence on many local musicians, mainly because he had so much energy. He and I would often joke because I'm known for having a lot of energy as a speaker, and as a musician, I move around a lot. So my friends joke before I go on, how much caffeine have you had? Or keep the caffeine away from Dory because you never know what might happen. But I think Rainey had me beat. He definitely brought it. And as I said, his energy and enthusiasm was infectious. So you don't have to be super somber on stage as a Christian artist, especially It doesn't have to be all quiet tunes. Mix it up a bit. Make sure your set list has a combination of tunes at different tempos. You don't want to put them to sleep, right? (laughs) And you can also do a little bit of your influences and even write tunes that are slightly outside of your genre just for fun. Joy Ike is another singer-songwriter. I believe she's also from Philly. and She's doing a Kickstarter campaign right now, so there's a plug for joy. Um, She has a lot of tunes out there that you wouldn't know are necessarily Christian because the themes are a bit different, but you can certainly feel her heart and her energy, and she has very interesting tempos that she throws in. I often joke with her that uh, she must be a closet percussionist or something because a lot of her tunes have a lot of percussive elements in it. In fact, the way she plays piano, she plays harder than most people. So that's different as well. As it turns out, her sister plays percussion and drums with her. So I'm completely out of the picture there. Tried to help her out, but she (laughs) didn't need it. So yeah, people like Joy do house concerts and lots of other shows. For Christian artists, I will say that one of the biggest problems, actually there's two. One is finding places to play, because I know that a lot of the local bars here did not want me to bring in Christian artists, because they just felt, you know, this is a bar, this isn't a place for them, number one, and they also noticed that a lot of their fans came in and only ordered water or soda, and in case you didn't know, the venues are interested in mainly two things, number one, how many people can you bring out? And number two, what are the bar sales going to look like at the end of the night? I know it's awful, but they often don't really care how good you are or that you have you're up-and-coming artist. They're all about the numbers. So for many of my Christian artists, it was a tough sell to get them into some of the mainstream venues. So we had to look for different opportunities, and those would be either playing concerts at churches with other bands usually. I usually paired them with a bunch of other people because the more the merrier, number one, and the greater chance you have of bringing more people out when you play with others on the bill, especially if you're not well-known and you don't have a following quite as yet, you cannot rely on the church or the venue to fill the place for you. I, I found this out the hard way, especially in the beginning I've tried to do church shows and concerts for youth, in fact, assuming that surely the church's youth group will come out or they'll invite other people or other churches, and that was not always the case at all. So when you book a show, be prepared for that. And oh, look, we have Eddie on the line. Hang on a second, folks. Let's see if I can bring him in. And there we go. Eddie, are you there? I'm so sorry.
0: Life has a way of uh, catching up to us once in a while. I have, uh, well, without wasting a lot of time in that area, my father's 90 years old and um, I had him in the ER yesterday as life would have it. And uh, I actually have a hospice uh, nurse that just came in and she started talking with me. I didn't expect all this within the last 24 hours. So I apologize to you and your listeners. Um, But this is It's just life. You know, life catches up to us once in a while. You know, we're motoring along and and every once in a while the reality and the fragility of life just comes up and, um, you know, it it lets us know that how fragile we are. Yeah. So um, Exactly, so and I, as,
1: as I, I, I was explaining to the listeners that this is a live mm-hmm. show, and I have a percussionist, so I know how to improvise. So I, I was just, I already did the <laughs> an intro, and I was talking about uh, the Christian music scene in general and my experiences with booking and different elements that people need to know about when they take the stage and how to fill uh, fill the seats and things like that. But, you know, we yeah, just, well, let's switch it up here. Go ahead. I, I
0: I'm I'm sorry. I was going to say I I. That's why no two events are always the same for me. No two worship events. No two concert events. Cafe events. Whatever. Even my band knows that we never play the song the, song the same twice. Um, <laughs> it's always ongoing. It's breathing. It's grow. It's growing. It's moving. It's on a journey all the time, and uh, so I've I've tried to. Make uh, the, my creative world the same way, you know, not box it in or put boundaries on it.
1: Right, and that's a great point as well. I know that in, in my experience, certainly both when I'm performing or with my bands, you, it's a good idea to, to just take a an assessment, you know, a brief assessment of the audience. Take a look to see what, what's their energy like and what's working and what's not. And we have switched mm-hmm. things up on the fly, and I certainly have. Even if I'm doing, I do these drumming events for health and wellness with senior special needs kids, stressed out entrepreneurs, I bring out all the gear. And if there is a lull or a lag, then I know, hmm, we need to pick up the pace a little bit, <laughs> and I'll just switch yeah. up what I was doing or just switch up the set list.
0: Yeah, I've explained to my, whenever I brought in a new musician and they they would always have a, we would always share testimony. And uh, I I would always, for me, the, the easiest explanation was that the most powerful moments in prayer for me have been moments when things were just happening in real time. We weren't reading a prayer. We weren't, you know, listening, but it was happening in real time. And for me, worship has to do that also. And for it to happen in real time, we have to be able to follow the spirit and you know, find the spirit, number one, allow it to lead. And uh, mm-hmm. so uh, as a as a band, as a musician, you have to be able to truly listen, just to come play from the heart, not from the chart, you know, just yeah. <laughs> learn your music, That's a good one. learn your music well, you know, so that you can honor God with it when the time comes, because we don't know where we're, we're going to be led in a time of worship, and we want that freedom. To be capable and be able to go wherever the Spirit leads us, um, and that's you know, that's the same mindset I have today, even with my, even with my father's condition right now, is that um, I've prepared, I've prayed, I've read, I'm, um, I'm ready for the journey that's ahead of me as much as I can be, and um, mm-hmm. when these kind of things pop up, I, I'm I just want to flow with it, you know, and the hardest thing for me is just like like this, keeping, keeping this world, the world, the flesh world has appointments and things to be met. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. I'm so glad that you sent me a little note. It, it beeped on my phone and it caught my attention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no worries there. In, in fact, I mentioned your dad and how you and I have similarities because both of our dads played jazz. Now, as mm-hmm. for you, you kind of got sucked into the whole um, Christian music scene. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, well, I was a professional musician in, in a secular sense for a season of my life. And when I met my wife, uh, you know, I wanted my, my children to know who I was and what, what I looked like. And I didn't want to be on the road all the time, so I went back to school so that I could teach. And I had a season as a teacher, and during that time, um, I, I I I was had the option I had the ability to to see my kids grow up and hang out with them and come home and be on the floor and play Legos with them and, and as they started to become more independent I found myself being pulled back into um, into the music scene and writing music and it was at that time that I had a I had a free I had a free class and I was in the teacher's lounge and I wrote a song called swept up in joy and I had an epiphany at that moment the moment the song was finished it took minutes that this is what I should be doing. I should be giving my gift to God. I should have done this a long time ago. This is how I should be living my life here. Uh, and from that moment on, things have changed drastically, wonderfully. I've been so blessed to be able to lead worship uh, for 15 years at the church, to be hired as a worship leader when I didn't even know what a worship leader was. But a pastor mm-hmm. that I didn't know from a church I never attended heard one of my albums felt the spirit in it and just felt the calling to to bring me aboard and so i'm you know i'm now at a point in my career where i've i've resigned from that position a couple of years ago so that i could travel and guest and lead uh wherever the spirit leads me i get to live the apostle's life now by worshiping in a different town in a different church every weekend uh and there's there's positive and there's there's like everything else in life there's it's a balance um i i love being in a different place every week and meeting new people and, and worshiping with them and experiencing. They've all got things to teach me also. But what I miss is that when I was f- spending 15 years in the same church, I could go in on a Wednesday and I could just sit on the platform and I could pray for my whole congregation because, you know, they all sit in the same seat every week. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could sit up there and look out and I could think and pray over each one of them um but uh but it was an interesting it it 's been a very in hindsight i' look back and I see exactly what God was doing. God made me led me through a season as a musician, so it was it was it was simple i had I could do it in my sleep, I could lead a band, and the teaching part of it it was so valuable to me when He called me to be a worship leader, the part that I struggled with and the part that um, i i the area I needed to grow in was as a spiritual leader that was something mm-hmm. i wasn 't prepared for in the first couple years of of leading worship with my team there were there were bumps in the road because this was the first time I was leading a team of people who weren't employed financially as a professional musician mm-hmm. if you weren't prepared and you weren't meeting the the level that was needed, you would be replaced but now I had okay. people that were coming in and giving of their hearts and giving their gift to God. And I had to find out how, how does a spiritual leader manage that? I always said later on in my, in, in my time there that on Sunday morning, if, if, we said, if it sounded like everybody up there was getting paid, then I did my job. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas ultimately, as long as the congregation was engaged in worship. It was a successful Sunday, regardless of what chords were played wrong and what notes were sung or what words were sung wrong. It was always about the engagement of people being able to lead them to a place of worship.
1: Good, good. Well, great segue. I'm going to cue up your tune, All I Need Is You, and we'll play a little bit of it, and then I'd uh, like to ask you a few questions, okay? So folks, sure. just sit back, uh, grab a tasty beverage, and let's, you up all I need is you and there you go Eddie, tell us a little bit about that, too, and how did that come to you? Well, in the past
0: past two years since I resigned from the church, one of the things I found myself writing was songs that were more about the kingdom as opposed to songs directly uh, to God. And uh, it was part of the reason that I felt the change. I felt my calling to get out into the marketplace more and be able to play secular rooms and reach people who didn't know who Jesus was or didn't have a had a bad experience somewhere along the way and walked away from their faith. So these songs were basically um, conversation starters for me. And I released an album called Dig Love two years ago that was really about the, um, kind of my, my, my world of where people are much more compassionate to each other um, and much more loving to each other as ideal as that may sound. Um, But in the year that I was out supporting that album, I was continuing to write because I write every day. And when the next album is ready, i pull the songs together for that. And as I was pulling the songs together for the album, I found myself writing some songs that were a little bit darker in nature. Because even if you can embrace the idea of living a compassionate life, you still have what I'm going through now. You have loss of life. You have health issues. You have financial issues. But the power of love is what, for me, has always pulled me through that. So actually, all I need is you with the first song was I, I had written. It, did all, it was right at the end of the recording uh, sessions for uh, Big Love. And um, it was, uh, at certain points in your life, I think you take kind of inventory of your life. Um, mm-hmm. And in doing so one day, I realized all the things that I thought were important <laughs> that weren't. Um, and mm-hmm. some of the things that I had lived through that seemed all encompassing at the time, but really weren't. Um, and that's really what all I all I need is is about, you know. It, it's about that uh, that are um, getting lost in this world, you know. This this world just you know attacks us all the time and tells us what we should think and what we should believe and what we mm-hmm. need. Um, and it's we you know we're we're broken, so we, we cave into it an awful lot. And for mm-hmm. me, every once in a while, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll take the inventory, and this song came out of one of those one of those moments.
1: Good, sure. but well, you know, it's really important, I think, in the Christian music scene to keep things, as you and I were talking about the other day, open, honest, and and real. I have mm-hmm. a a guy that plays with us, Dave Seymour, is a awesome bass player, both in our church band, but he also plays in that band Night Shift that I mentioned earlier. And I remember a long time ago he said, you know what they have too much of in the the Christian music scene? All these happy, clappy songs. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about how there is a need to have some songs that are a little bit more real life. Yeah, my
0: latest album, The Consequence, um, has... uh has a, a couple of songs on there that, that speak directly to those issues. And in, in, in fact, one, one, when after I finished it, my response and it went right away was that's not about us, is it? I said, no, no. <laughs> it was actually inspired by a painting that I had that I saw. Um, oh. But, uh, but, but in, but the reality of it is that, you know, we spend probably just as much time on top of the mountain as we do in the valley. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, for, for me, I'm not you know, I, I'm not crying with a beer in my hand when I'm in the valley. My head's in my head's in the Bible, and I'm and I'm trying to you know I'm find finding a joyful path out of the valley. So uh, I, I I think I shared with you the other day. I had a, an interview not that long ago with a person just was uncomfortable with my bio because it you know and I said well. I I'm not gonna to lie to you, you know, when something goes wrong, I don't run to the bar, I don't run for the next drink, you know, I'm not looking for a way to escape. I'm I'm looking to God for the strength to move on from where I'm at. And that's what that's how that's that, that's what life is for me, and that's how it's been for a long time and I've been extremely, extremely blessed by it. So why wouldn't I want to share that with other people?
1: You yeah, know, yeah
0: natural thing to want and to that's do. A good-
1: Yeah, that's a good point as well. I know that when I'm asked to speak or even if I submit a video for, I actually did submit to the TEDx talks 17 times, but who's counting? You know, there's...
0: (laughs) Hello? Did I lose you? Lori, I'm sorry. I've lost you. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Hello. Oh, my.
1: That's okay. All I need is you. I love my best. All right. I love my worst. I love my <laughs> I don't know what, money. All right, we are back. Hang on. Boy, that was weird. Want to talk radio? Bounced me right off. <laughs> this has been an interesting <laughs> episode, know. folks, so thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> Well, you know, let me – I'll, I'll give you a
0: real short little funny story here that I've held on to dearly for a long time. I had an elderly gentleman get up one time on a Friday night service, and he got up and he started, and he said, you know, my day has been perfect. Every single thing from the time I got up to the time I've gotten here tonight has been absolutely perfect, and I'm so sad because I haven't – darkness that doesn't care about me at all. I must not be doing God's work if everything's going that well. So mm. <laughs> ever since that day when I get involved in my days like this and things just seem to be anything and impossible can get in the way, I feel like, yeah, I've really got the attention <laughs> today. I must be doing God's work.
1: Well, you know, uh, we, for those who are listening, whether you're believers or not, it, it's pretty interesting that my call got dropped right when I was going to talk about how I was turned down from different talks because I was mentioning faith in that particular talk or story, and it is in my book, Find Your Divine Rhythm. Hello, the book has the word <laughs> divine in it, so you think they would get that, but they kind of got a little nervous as so they steered away, much like the person you were talking about, Eddie, who uh, questioned your bio.
0: Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's life. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so for, for people, I just tell them, well, you know, my faith is a big part of my story. And, you know, that's why I was able to go on after some very, very difficult times. Because um, if I didn't, if I didn't have that, I probably would have given up. So that's yeah, what well, a lot I of people are now be. beginning to infuse in their music, especially the Christian artists. So that's good. Absolutely. Good, good. So now you've got this tune out there and released, and you're doing lots of shows. So people, if you're listening in, as you heard, Eddie travels. So if you want him to come to your <laughs> church or your event, make sure you look him up, com. It's spelled eddyman com. You can find him on Facebook, eddyman.musician.com and he's on Twitter and Instagram with Eddie underscore man is where you can find him. I'm at rockthenextstage.com and I'm everywhere on social media as well. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please shoot me an email at dori, D-O-R-I at com. I'd also like to... Throw in a quick plug for my new program, Musician Success Formula. It's a six-week video training program that will not only help you move your music career forward, whether you're a Christian artist or not, it's got something for everybody in it. But here's the cool part. For every person who purchases the program, you will be helping to sponsor an underprivileged youth in the Durham, North Carolina area because we're doing an entrepreneurship camp called Kids in Biz. So we're going to help them uh, with some ideas of how they could rise up out of poverty and I will be drumming with them as well so we could sure use your support. Eddie, do you have any final parting thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners?
0: Just that I, I truly love being in conversation with people and we live in a world where technology sometimes can be used the wrong way, but I, I encourage people to contact me with anything that's on their heart, pro or con. If I, if I wrote a song that just, just, man, steps on one of your nerves, let me know what it is. (laughs) Let's talk about it. (laughs) Um, Again, I just love to be in conversation and,
1: uh, and I, and I
0: would be blessed to pray for anyone who needs prayer too. You can just send that a prayer
1: at com. Right. Same here, folks. And also um, let's just make sure that you say a prayer for Eddie and his family, I mean, his dad in the hospital, and all that. It's got to be a very, very difficult situation. So let's keep Eddie in our prayers. And a final shout out to Michael, who introduced us Michael Stover with MTS Management Group. So good, good, So I'm looking forward to speaking with you again soon, Eddie. And I wish you all the Me best. Too. Thanks Thank for you, joining too. us, you especially because you were racing back from the hospital. So we really, really appreciate your time and, and giving us more, more information about your music. So be sure to follow him, folks. Till next time, we'll be back next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Rock the next stage with Dory Staley. Keep on rocking, folks. Bye for now.